Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to Get Your Goat. Josh here, and there is a lot to cover already today. The Los Angeles Rams have traded for linebacker Von Miller. I'm going to get into that. Derrick Henry, foot injury, just got surgery, possible. He'll be out for the rest of the year. What that means for him and for the Titans moving forward. Jameis Winston officially comes in that he tears his ACL. I'm going to get into that. Then on top of that, we've got a Monday night football game tonight. Can the Kansas City Chiefs rebound, get on the right track? They'll have a chance tonight against the Giants. Then I'm going to talk about some Week 8 highlights. A lot of craziness on Halloween Day yesterday. Then because of the trade deadline approaching, as I've already mentioned, Von Miller on the cusp. What other deals am I looking for? Who else could be traded in this time span before the deadline tomorrow? Then I'm going to give you my top five NBA teams. React to the Astros forcing a game six in the World Series. It returns to Houston uh, tomorrow night and Wednesday night, if possible, for the World Series. And then some more upsets college football weekend. I'm going to break those down and then give my top six playoff rankings uh, of what I think should be revealed tomorrow night. So a full show ahead. Let us get started with the Los Angeles Rams trading for linebacker Von Miller. Talk about a blockbuster. How do I like this deal? The Rams gave up a second and third round pick in this year's draft for Von Miller. However, the Broncos are paying $9 million of Miller's remaining salary this year. The Rams are going all in. And they're in really scary territory here because they are banking on a Super Bowl this year. That's what it is. Von Miller... Love Von Miller, great guy, eight-time Pro Bowler, uh, three-time first-team All-Pro as well, Defensive Rookie of the Year, won Super Bowl MVP as well, and their Super Bowl appearance just tore up uh, Cam Newton and the Carolina offense that year. So he's been productive. Uh, However, he's missed a few games uh, so far this season. Due to injury, a foot injury as well. He's on the tail end of his career. He's 32 uh, as well. Has a foot injury, which is why he was out this past weekend. Uh, Coach Vic Vangio of the Broncos said he wasn't even close to being in the lineup. He'll probably be out the next few weeks. So you won't see him on the field till later in the year. Didn't play last year. Uh due to COVID and some injuries as well. So the whole 2020, he didn't play, but was a pro bowler before uh, that year in 2019. So I like what the Broncos did. I'm going to say that getting a second and third round pick for an aging defender in Von Miller is very smart. And then of course his contract as well. They don't have to worry about any of that next year. So I'll give them an A for that. Uh, For the Broncos, or for the Rams, I'm going to give them a B. 
So, yes, you're acquiring, you know, the man who has the most sacks in the past decade and 110, the ultimate disruptor and pass disruptor. But the injuries is the key thing here. Will he be able to get back from that foot injury? You traded a second and third round pick. You've already traded your first round picks for Matthew Stafford. So it has to pan out this year. You've traded every pick now for Matthew Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller now. This has to work out because if you don't make it to the Super Bowl, heck, if you don't win the Super Bowl, it's a bust. You have to win it, not just appear in it, uh, but win the Super Bowl this year. That's the magnitude of this trade because now you have no draft picks. Everybody on your team is 30 and older. The Stars, the Jalen Ramsey, the Matthew Stafford, the Aaron Donald, they're all, you know, past 30 right now. So you have to win it. You don't have any draft picks now to have young players or young capital uh, at all. What you have is what you have, and that's what you're stuck with. So if you don't win the Super Bowl this year, you're toast. That's just plain and simple. Do I think Bob Miller can help if he's healthy? Yeah, uh, his defense is by nowhere near what it is last year, allowing you know the fourth best QBR. Uh, defenses have done a good job on Aaron Donald. Now adding Von Miller, that's just another piece to the puzzle now that defenses will have to factor in. I think that'll make Aaron Donald even better. That'll make Von Miller better as well. So I think this trade will help them. However, I'm concerned for the injuries and concerned that if they don't make it to the Super Bowl this year, uh, you're going to have a lot of flack on the owner and Sean McVay for really what does the future of the Los Angeles Rams hold? Huge blockbuster deal that they sent. We'll see if more materialize, but that is a big move from the uh, Los Angeles Rams, already sitting at 7-1, and one, already a good team. They're kind of going all-in, all-in right now, and they're still in second place in their division behind the Cardinals. So we'll see if this all, you know, adds up and makes them a better team moving forward. Now, moving on. Derrick Henry... Is out now. This is a huge one. This is the biggest loss. This is heartbreaking for me uh, to watch. Who loves watching Derrick Henry? Just turn on the Titans to watch Derrick Henry. Uh, only interest, invested interest I have in the Tennessee Titans are Derrick Henry. With this foot injury, with him having surgery, if he's out the rest of the season, the season is over for the. Tennessee Titans. Now they can make some moves, which I will get into in a minute, to kind of ease the pain of this. But it is over for Derrick Henry. The 2021 Offensive Player of the Year appears to be done. And it's just, it's painful because to me, it looked like he had a legitimate shot to win MVP, to break the rushing record. Already through eight games, sitting at 937 yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, it's It really is painful to watch. 
a great player like that uh, go down to an injury. And he has such a huge workload because he means so much to this team. Uh, league high, 219 rushes. The next person in line is Joe Mixon at 137. Uh, that's around an 80 uh, margin right there. So that is huge, huge loss because no matter if Derrick Henry is running well or not, you have to account for him. So if he's running well, you're going to stack eight people in the box to try to stop him. But even if he's not playing well, you're still going to put seven or eight people in the box just because of the threat of Derrick Henry breaking one off. Uh, That all allows just him being on the field. His presence allows for Ryan Tannehill to be better, make plays to A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Now I'll say this, having Julio Jones I think helps him ease some of that pain, but that's not uh, going to be enough. I was thinking, you know, with Derrick Henry, with how well he's playing, they could really sneak into the Super Bowl with how the ASC is looking this year. No Derrick Henry, that is not happening. Now he has foot surgery. There's no timetable on his return. There's still nine weeks left. So I think if, let's say it takes to the regular season and he can come back for playoffs, that would be huge. What's also huge uh, for Tennessee as well is that they now have beat the Colts uh, two times. So they kind of already have a stranglehold on the division after the win yesterday, which I think is really good for them uh, moving forward. They still have a bye week as well, which helps. Uh, And what also helps, two of their remaining games is against the Texans. That should be easy. Another one against the Jaguars should be easy. The Dolphins should be easy. So you're looking at that for, that's at least 10 guaranteed wins. Then you have the Saints without Jameis as well. So I do think even without Derrick Henry, they'll still make the playoffs. They'll probably still win their division. But without Derrick Henry, you can't expect them to advance at all in the playoff. That's how meaningful Derrick Henry is to the team. But can they do anything to offset the injury? Yes, they can. They're going to need a running game because they just have another running back on injured reserve. They are going to need a replacement for Derrick Henry moving forward. Who are two guys? Well, you want legit guys. So I'm saying, excuse me, I'm saying Ronald Jones and Marlon Mack are the two that they should really target. Bruce Arians has said that they would need an extraordinary offer to trade Ronald Jones. I don't believe that because Leonard Fournette has handled uh, the majority of the snaps. Giovanni Bernard has looked good out of the backfield as well. So I think a reasonable offer, you can get Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones has been demoted to the second back this year. Hasn't been used much. But last year, ran for 978 yards. Almost a 1,000-yard a season, and he missed a few games due to COVID at the end of the year, which is why he wasn't able to surpass that 1,000-yard mark, and which is also why we saw Leonard Fournette uh, sort of take the reins from him. So I think he's a great back here before, only started nine games and ran for 724 yards. So I think he's an excellent back who could fit in this system and just ease some of the pain 
he won't be able to replace Derrick Henry, but it's all about easing the pain and just staying at bay at the current moment. Ronald Jones is one of those guys. Another one, which of course happens to be in the same division, sadly, as the Tennessee Titans, is the Indianapolis Colts, and that is their third-string running back, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, great player. Last year, Achilles injury, didn't play at all. This year, not starting because of them drafting Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, which has demoted him to the third back on the team. But when he was healthy, 14 games, ran for over 1,000 yards. Uh, then the year before, only started 10 games, 900 yards. So he's a legit, he's a big back as well. Runs north and south, bruising, a similar build to Derrick Henry. Uh, of course, he's not Derrick Henry. I think you'd have to part with more since, you know, that is your division rival. But I think you have to go out. You have to get a running back. You have to acquire a top one like Ronald Jones and Marlon Mack to really stay at bay here and help this team out uh, and stay competitive and try to win some football games while Derrick Henry is out for the foreseeable future. Again, bad injury for Derrick Henry. If he doesn't return this year, season is over for the Tennessee Titans. Moving on to Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston tore his ACL yesterday. Horse collar tackled by Devin White to the ground. Awkward fall by uh, Jameis Winston. And he happened uh, to tear his ACL. Uh, and I think also some uh, MCL damage as well. Another huge loss. I know they get the win yesterday uh, to move to 5-2. and two, But this is huge because I know Jameis Winston not having a tremendous year. But he was having a good year. Was a great game manager. You know, really didn't turn the ball over a ton. You know, he did in the few losses that they had. But he was composed in there. They beat some good teams. Uh, to me, kind of what the uh, New Orleans Saints needed is they are transitioning from Drew Brees and their style of offense to a whole different style. Uh, but, you know... That is tough moving forward for the Saints, who are kind of a half game behind the Bucks, have a tiebreaker now. But now you have to turn to Trevor Simeon. Taysom Hill has a concussion. He'll be cleared. But Jameis Winston was the best quarterback. Uh, Sean Payton uh, knew that, which is why he's been the starter. But that is a huge loss for the New Orleans Saints. Again, with Jameis Winston, I really didn't see this team have any shot of making the playoffs. Uh now, I could be right if, uh, you know, Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon can't replace what uh, Jameis Winston was doing on the football field. So those are some big news uh, to keep you up to date on. Now I'm going to preview the Giants-Chiefs Monday night football game tonight. And what to me is a must-win for the Kansas City Chiefs. They cannot drop to 3-5. and five and lose to a team such as the New York Giants. They have the ability to turn their season around, and they're going to have to do it tonight. Have an extra day off after getting slaughtered by the Tennessee Titans last week. Have some time to recuperate their thoughts and really how they're going to approach 
the rest of the season. But this is a big, big game for the Kansas City Chiefs. They need to win. They need to win big. I'm already just I'm just going to say it now. I'm predicting the Kansas City Chiefs uh, to win the game tonight. It's at home in Kansas City. But Patrick Mahomes is going to have to have to be better again, turning the ball over uh, too much. Can't be doing that. Can't be doing that. Offensive line has to help him out. It's been terrible this year. Worse than last year. And they spent money trying to revamp the line, and it doesn't work. So to me, that's going to be that's the biggest X factor. That's the biggest matchup. Is this offensive line? Can they hold up against the Giants? defensive line they don't have a great defensive line but they have a stud in Leonard Williams who to me has been playing good recently uh, especially this season will he be able to disrupt the pocket get into Patrick Mahomes it's going to be up to this offensive line to stop Leonard Williams but to me that's the x factor Leonard Williams going up against this offensive line of the Giants other thing is can they get a running game established? Can Daryl Williams do that? No Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They don't need a Derrick Henry type running game, but they need a one on occasion where it's third and two, third and one, uh, to be able to you know, hand the ball off and get that first down. Uh, but they should win because, to me, another key thing is Giants right now have a ton of injuries. No Jabril Peppers, no Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, uh, Danny Shelton. I mean, big names for the New York Giants. Uh, can Kansas City exploit this injured uh, defense? And then, can Daniel Jones torch the Kansas City defense? Because Kansas City's defense has been terrible all season long. Tyra Matthews been bad. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they've all been bad. I'm not going to sit here and make an excuse for any of them. Because they all have played very, very poorly. Uh, and Daniel Jones, even with some injuries, should be able to have a big day. Uh, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram. Uh, can they step up to the plate and score on this poorest Kansas City defense, who is the worst defense in the league uh, in terms of running on them, scoring on them? They are just that bad. Uh, Kansas City is going to have to come up with a few stops uh, tonight, but there's going to be another two couple things. Patrick Mahomes can't turn the ball over, uh, so then that defense isn't constantly on the field, and the defense is going to have to make two or two or three big stops to kind of shift the momentum uh, to keep Patrick Mahomes and that offense out there. I think the longer, sustainable drives are going to be better, uh, not the quick, you know, seventy-five yard dart pass, which helps. But this is a big game for the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of issues that they have. Can they clear up any of those issues? Fix, you know, get on the mend in this game. I really want to see that, you know, definitely not the season the Kansas City Chiefs were expecting to have. Big disappointment so far, sitting at 3-4. and four. Uh, But I think they rebound. They get back to 500. They have a big win tonight, and they do get to 4-4. Four and four. Now looking at some of these past week's matchup. First, I want to start off with the Panthers and Falcons. A big news because uh, Calvin Ridley took to before the game 
to say that he was taking some personal time away uh, from football for a personal matter. And to me, that helped Carolina seal this win. Because, you know, you have a nice outside threat in Calvin Ridley. You have Kyle Pitts, but you lose Calvin Ridley. That hurts this team. That hurts Matt Ryan uh, passing the ball downfield. So that is a huge loss uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. But I do hope that Calvin Ridley, whatever issues he's going with, uh, gets fixed and we see him on the football field soon because his team sorely needs him and they were expecting him to kind of be the next Julio, take that bigger step this season. But Sam Darnold, uh, concussed, still led his team uh, to a win for the majority of the time that he played. Carolina was just, to me, the better team, outgained the Falcons by over 100 yards, consistently uh, were able to convert on third down and really take the Falcons away from that, not letting them convert. But then the big thing to me uh, was rushing Carolina 203 yards on the ground uh, compared to uh, 82 to the Falcons. Chuba Hubbard, to me, played really good carrying the rock. Sam Darnold made some plays with his legs as well, Amir Abdullah. So to me, it was a really balanced rushing attack. That's what helped them beat the Atlanta Falcons and is a big kind of NFC Divisional South game. Uh, Carolina Panthers, you know, their season is not over yet. They're still in the playoffs. They have the last playoff spot right now sitting at seven, and that was a huge win over the Atlanta Falcons. The Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Very, very slow start to this game by the Bills. We were at 3 3 at halftime. And not even a touchdown till near the end of the third quarter, where we made it, where it was ten to three Buffalo. So it was looking scary there uh, for a while because uh, Buffalo, Josh Allen is a team that normally handles the Buffalo Bills pretty easily, and then they kind of decided to wake up in the fourth quarter, you know, with a touchdown pass, and then added, you know, a little run that didn't mean much at the end of the game. So big game or big win by Buffalo to get to 5-2, and two. and this, this just was a dagger through the heart for the Miami Dolphins. Their season's over. It's shot. You can trade players. You can wheel and deal now. Uh, it's kind of game over. Uh, Tua didn't have his best game passing. Uh, look lost out there. They couldn't get the run game going as well. The defense looked better for uh, Miami, but just couldn't hold them enough uh, in the end where Miami... Uh, was punting a lot, only 4 for 14 on third downs. Uh, that's not going to uh, cut it at all. Been the turnovers to a throwing an interception, uh, losing a fumble. That all hurts your team. And those are things that are unacceptable and just can't happen, which allows Buffalo to win this game and uh, help them on their AFC push and really send the Miami Dolphins spiraling. Again, as I've said, they're done. They're shot. Time to make some trades and uh, really analyze what's going on with this team that expected to contend and play better this season. 49ers and Bears. Two teams that were sliding. Uh, San Francisco on a four-game 
a losing streak? Would they be able to rebound? Uh, Bears on a losing streak as well. What would they do? Well, this is what I saw. I saw two things. I saw Jimmy Garoppolo play his best game. This offense played one of their best games against the Bears defense. Elijah Mitchell ran effectively. Debo Samuel is the big play guy. That's what I saw. I saw this offense really clicking for the first time in a while since their two-game win streak. That's what I saw. Then on the Bears side, Justin Fields, to me, I saw him have his most efficient game. And, of course, it was with Matt, without Matt Nagy as the head coach. He had a couple spectacular runs, spectacular touchdown passes as well. Needs to cut out on the interception. This offensive line is terrible. Not going to blame all the sacks on Justin Fields uh, when this offensive line needs to do better. They are going up against a formidable pass rush of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, but to me, without Matt Nagy, Justin Fields will be a better quarterback. That just tells me to fire Matt Nagy right away. Uh, get him out of there. Remove him from the building. Move him out of Chicago for the time being because he needs to be done. Justin Fields, 100 yards uh, and more passing, 175, and then 103 yards rushing. Big game uh, by Justin Fields. I liked what I saw. However, this offensive line needs help. This maligned defense that's faced a lot of injuries needs help. Matt Nagy can't fix any of these issues. He needs to go. Steelers-Browns. Big game for Cleveland. Baker coming back. Uh, Nick Chubb back. Will they be able to get the win? Jack Conklin back for tackles. They look better. Can Pittsburgh survive? Uh, get the win. In Cleveland, couldn't even do that. Cleveland's really starting to worry me now. They're looking like a team last year who were the underdog, could have caught lightning in a bottle and couldn't. And now we're seeing a Cleveland Brown team that's 4-4 four and four to me. Very, very disappointing start to the season, a game they should have won. I actually happened to pick Pittsburgh because I thought Cleveland just couldn't do it. And I was right. Uh, ben Roethlisberger... Played better than Baker Mayfield. Najee Harris, to me, played better than Nick Chubb. The whole team looked better than Cleveland. Cleveland needs to be more effective. To me, the second biggest disappointment in the league, uh, one being the Chiefs, two being Cleveland. They have such a good roster, and for uh, Baker Mayfield to, uh, to me, sort of take a step back from where he was last year, this offense to take a step back. Nick Chubb uh, didn't look in form, uh, but this team, this team needs help. Jarvis Landry fumbling the ball. It can't be turning it over like that. And then when the Pittsburgh Steelers are just taking you to school, out outrunning you when that's your thing is 187 uh, rush yards in the past uh, two out of the past three weeks. You've just been inept at running the football. Hurts your team. Uh, Cleveland needs some serious help as well. Eagles-Lions. As I said, I think the Detroit Lions would be exhausted after trying to pull out some of the stops last week to beat the Rams. And it sure looked like that. Uh, it was bad. It was 41-0 to uh, before the Eagles won 44-6. to It was domination. Uh, Jalen Hurts running the ball. Miles Sanders. Uh, my, no, my bad. It was Boston Scott and Jordan Howard because uh, Miles Sanders 
got hurt. So that was huge for Philly. Get this win. Beat Detroit. Uh, Jared Goff, you know, a lot of bad throws. Missed time throws on fourth down. Throwing the ball out of bounds. Uh, not what you really want to do. So five sacks as well. That cost his team 45 yards. Uh, couldn't get the run game going. Uh, they are an 0-8 team. Uh, you know, I've seen some games where we don't play like an 0-8 team. Uh, but that's what your record reflects. Your record reflects your team. And you look at their roster, and they have an 0-8 roster. Uh, Jared Goff is not making plays at the quarterback when their running game isn't going. That makes it tough as well. And then their defense, uh, not one you know, great player on that defense as well. So just a lot of issues with the Detroit Lions uh, moving forward. Titans-Colts. I didn't know I just talked about Derrick Henry, but he injured his foot early in this game and decided to come back, and he ran 28 times. You tell me if that, you know, really factored into Derrick Henry hurting his foot even more or if she should have been taken out from that game because he wasn't that effective running the ball yesterday. A 28 carry, 68 yards, 2.4 yards a carry. Not like him, but they had a day of throwing the ball, especially A.J. Brown, who recently has just caught fire. Him and Ryan Tannehill are on the same page. 10 receptions, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Big plays as well. Uh, A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill is a great connection. They're going to need to keep that up if they're going to want to win football games in this uh, next few weeks and really the rest of the year without Derrick Henry. But more surprising is Carson Wentz in just the stupid plays that he makes. I mean, just pure stupidity uh, where, you know, it's 31-31 or it's, it's 24-24 and you have a chance to win the game with two minutes left and you're backed up in your own zone, and last week we saw Carson Wentz make an errant kind of forward pass that was called a fumble, and the 49ers recovered it because he's just trying to do too much. That's what he does last year, or last night. They back him up. Uh, it's about to be a safety. Instead of taking it or just throwing it away beforehand, he throws this errant pass for a pick six, and those are just the mistakes that he can't make. Uh, he can't make those. It was a poor performance. Uh, then you're lucky because even after that pick six, you lead them for a touchdown. Uh, but then in overtime, you get the ball and you make another dumb throw, not reading the field properly. The defense, uh, Carson Wentz has to play better. Jonathan Taylor had a great game. But Carson Wentz, when you're costing your team points and wins, that is all on you because of the interceptions and decisions that you make. Carson Wentz has to play better. Now they're in a hole at 3-5. and five. Big loss yesterday. They're going to have to rebound you know, soon. They have a game against the Jets, but who knows with the Jets. I'll talk about them in a minute. But they do have a decent schedule to finish out two more times against the Jaguars. They'll be able to threaten for a wild card spot. But it'll be tough, and Carson Wentz will have to make better plays, hands down. Now moving on to the Jets and the Bengals. The Jets upset the Bengals. Simple as that. Raise the alarms. What happened? The Cincinnati Bengals last week ran the 
Ravens out of their own building took the division lead. And then you follow up that performance, stinking it up against the Jets. Your defense was able to contain Lamar Jackson, wasn't able to contain Mike White, who threw for 405 yards and three touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, uh, Cincinnati? Your defense should be upset right now. A poor performance to let the Jets score 34 points on you. Uh, 17 of those in the fourth quarter. I mean, not great at all uh, by the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Not a great performance. Uh, Don't like that at all. Cincinnati needs to play better. Their defense needs to be better. But Cincinnati, two big wins over two teams. Kind of no one expected. The Titans and the Bengals, both by a field goal win. I'll give the Jets prop for beating some good teams. But Cincinnati, you blew it. You were sitting one in your division and in the AFC. And then you do this. Really makes me wonder. Uh, All that hype really died down yesterday with a loss to the Jets. Patriots Chargers. New England Patriots won 27-24. I thought the Chargers would rebound, you know, after getting, you know, demoralized by the Ravens. I knew this would be a tough game. It looks like Bill Belichick's liked beating good teams. And after what New England did to the Chargers last year, how would the Chargers respond? A pick six by New England kind of sealed the deal. And Justin Herbert, careless with the football. Two interceptions. Again, that cannot happen. Otherwise, had a good game. Austin Eckler looked good in the receiving and running game. But Justin Herbert, two interceptions can't happen. One of those being a pick six. Uh, It's inexcusable. Now you lose this game, lose your lead. On the AFC West is all, you can't just be losing games and kind of just, you know, asking the Chiefs to get back into this division. When you're up, you need to keep on winning and kind of put them away. Uh, These losses like this invites better teams uh, to surpass you. Big loss uh, by the Chargers yesterday. It seems like, you know, when they play a good defense, that's when Justin Herbert has his toughest times. is when that happens. When he has good defenses, he has to be better at dissecting the defense. Mac Jones, though, not turning the ball over is key. He didn't do it yesterday. This team was very good at securing of a ball yesterday. You know, they had one fumble loss, but other than that, uh, they won the turnover battle. Uh, Mac Jones took better care of a football, and that's what will win you football games right there. That's what will lose you football games if you're the Chargers. Seahawks-Jaguars. Seahawks blew the Jaguars out 31-7. to I thought this game would be closer. I really did with how Geno Smith was playing recently, but this was Geno's best day. 20 of 24, 18 of those 20 completions to Tyler Lockett. Or DK Metcalf finally getting the ball to his playmakers. You know, Alex Collins didn't do much, but Geno's best day. Defense's best day as well. This is a huge win for them. Now they can go into the bye week, recuperate, 
Russell Wilson, you know, exceeding expectations on his finger surgery. Everything's uh, taken out of his fingers, the pins and everything. So they're hopeful on him. They'll have another bye week to rest up on. Then we'll see if he can come come and play against the Packers. I don't think that would be the wisest thing to do in playing Lambeau. I think I'd give it one more week, but we'll see how he progresses and see if he can save the Seahawks a season right now, sitting at 3-5. and five. Seahawks get their first home win of the season. To me, very surprising considering they've been one of the best home teams for so long. It's been so tough to go into Lumen Field and win, and you kind of lose you know, your first three home games, uh, but you finally get one back this year. Washington and Denver. Two very poor teams. One poor team outlasted the other. That was the Denver Broncos. Taylor Heineke, two big interceptions. What do I say? You can't win games when quarterbacks that, you know, really you can't be turning over the football because they can't make up for it. And I'll talk about that again in my next uh, team. But you just can't do it. That's the key here. I don't know if it was a Halloween thing. For all these interceptions being thrown by cornerbacks and losing this game. But Taylor Heineke, two of them, uh, kind of blew this game. Uh, that helped Denver out. Teddy Bridgewater, more efficient, didn't turn the ball over. And they had a big game, and they were able to you know, squeak out a win here against Washington. Then you had, to me, which was a very surprising loss, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing to the New Orleans Saints. And that's what had me thinking about Halloween, uh, really, right away. And really, what a spooky Sunday it was yesterday in terms of teams losing and uh, things that I really haven't seen uh, happening. And one of them was Tom Brady. And Tom Brady had a great game yesterday, except for those interceptions. That's what killed his team. His turnovers killed his team. He threw for 375 yards and four touchdowns, still leading the team or leading the league in yards and touchdowns. He was great, but two interceptions and a fumble lost, three turnovers. That is unacceptable for a man like Tom Brady, the GOAT, and he has a fumble, uh, which was all on him. And then the final interception as well, which happened to be a pick six when you're trying to drive down the field 29-27. to 27. I mean, Trevor Stimian ends up getting the win, as I talked about Jameis Winston. Tears his ACL early in this game. But Trevor Stimian, a couple of nice drives as well to really put some points on the board and have Tampa Bay come back. But they did it. They were able to come back. They actually uh, took the lead 27 uh, to 26, and this defense uh, couldn't stop him. What else were they plagued by other than Tom Brady's interceptions? It was the penalties. 11 penalties for 99 yards. You can't be winning football games with that. The defense cost them there. And to me, great defensive performance too when Jameis got out. They were stopping him, but they kept giving him the ball uh, with those penalties just asking to be back on the field. Big ones there. It was really spooky for the Buccaneers. I did not expect this at all. I know Tom Brady was spooked. I don't think he ever wants to play against the New Orleans Saints in the regular season again. That's kind of just their kryptonite right there. So that's all the Week 8 highlights. 
Tomorrow's the trade deadline. I'm going to go just break down some trades I would like to see. One trade. The Seattle Seahawks trading for cornerback Xavier Howard. I would like to see that because they need cornerback help if they're going to get back and win uh, this uh, or win future games and get back to the playoffs. Don't think they'll win the division. He'll need Xavier Howard. Heck, trade Jamal Adams for Xavier and add in a pick or something, but they need cornerback help. Bad. Titans trade for cornerback Byron Jones. I said this, you know, they could make some trades now to shore up his defense as well to maybe take some load off of the passing game. They have Bayard, who's a tremendous safety, but I think adding a legitimate cornerback would help this secondary out as well, help this pass rush out, because uh, they do have decent pieces, Danico Autry and Bud Dupree, but that would be big. Another big trade, Pittsburgh Steelers trading for wide receiver Allen Robinson. Juju Smith-Schuster has gone down. But Pittsburgh still in the hunt, can still win the division, and still play good, have a good defense. Just try to get uh, Ben Roethlisberger as much weapons as he can. And then this will help, too, for future quarterback development as well for past uh, Ben Roethlisberger. If you have a top receiver like Allen Robinson, that would really help this team out. Now, to me, this would be the ultimate blockbuster. This might put this team over the top. That's if the Green Bay Packers trade for wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. I think they should. We just saw them win without Devontae Adams, without Scanley. But Robert Tunyon is torn just towards ACL, a reliable target. Why not add Odell Beckham Jr.? A tandem of Odell Beckham and Devontae Adams with your quarterback being uh, Aaron Rodgers. This could solidify Aaron Rodgers staying for the future and solidify them is NFC favorites if they were to make that trade. Huge trade that I think they should consider. Even though the Packers have relatively been quiet near during the trade deadline. Now that's all the NFL talk done. I'm going to move on to the NBA for a quick moment. And tonight, I'm going to pick one game that is going to be the Toronto Raptors and the New York Knicks. Toronto Raptors on a three-game winning streak. Started the season shaky at 1-3, and three, but they're at 4-3 and three now after that win streak. The Knicks are first in the East, sitting at 5-1. and one. They're also playing really good this season. Uh, a lot of help coming from the three-pointer uh, that they have developed this offseason has helped this team out because of that. I think the Knicks get this one. I know the Raptors are riding high. The Knicks are riding high. This should be a fun, entertaining game. But I like the Knicks and the process that they currently have going on. And that leads me to my top five teams in NBA right now. Number five being the New York Knicks. You know, a perfect week of wins right there. To me, Kimba Walker has been the unsung hero. He's been great. The point guard play by both him and D. Rose uh, that duo has been really good. Uh, Kimba Walker, to me, has shined. Evan Fournier as well. And Julius Randle just keeps ascending, playing better than he was already last year. Uh, big, big, big start for this New York Knicks team. Number four, the Denver Nuggets. 
Looked like Nikola Jocic was going to be gone for a while. Only misses a half of uh, the Jazz game. He comes back, a bruised knee, and then leads his team uh, to a win. No Jamal Murray. Uh, Michael Porter, not shooting great. But Nikola Jocic is a reason why this team is good and will remain good is if they continue to have Jokic playing at such a high level. Number three, the Golden State Warriors lost a crazy game uh, to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. But other than that, they've won all their games. They're 5-1. and one. Uh, Steph Curry's playing great. Draymond Green looks 10 times better than he did last year already. They could get Klay Thompson to return. You know, Golden State, to me, they have a ton of depth that they didn't have last year. This is helping them stay fresh. They're shooting well. Look out for the Golden State Warriors. Number two, the Miami Heat also went 4-0 this past week. Jimmy Butler playing like MVP, 25 uh, points a game he's averaging. Uh, Eric Spolster and this team uh, has them locked, and they've beat good teams. They've already beat the Grizzlies. They've beat the Nets. They've beat the Bucks. This team is a real deal. They show up when they play their biggest games. I like that about them. Eric Spolster has got them all ready. And guess what? They got a matchup against the Jazz on Saturday. Will be a big game. Which leads me to my number one team, the Utah Jazz, who were number one for majority of my NBA top five last year. Again, were five and zero until a uh, rest game by Mike Conley because of a back and back start, but they look good. Rudy Gobert, great pre- uh, regular season player, just looks so efficient out there with rebounding and points and hustling. I'm glad he can do it in a regular season. Of course, all this is going to go into postseason. But right now, can't look ahead to the postseason or where I saw them last year in the postseason. Just right now, six games through, Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz are where they want to be. So those are my top five teams in the NBA right now. The New York Knicks, the Denver Nuggets, the Golden State Warriors, the Miami Heat, and the Utah Jazz. Now moving on to the MLB. You know, I said that no, I said I predicted, you know, last week on my podcast when it was 1-1 Astros Braves, that the Braves would win game three. They did 2-1 or 2-0 and they took a 2-1 lead. But I also said that the series would not finish in Atlanta. And it was close because Atlanta could have done it. They were up 3-1. Going into yesterday, they could have done it. And then on top of that, the first inning, they hit a grand slam and are up 4-0. to zero, But they give that up the next two innings. But Freddie Freeman gets it back 5-4. Can they hold? And they lose 9-5. to five. Big loss again. Maybe it was Halloween, the spooky Sunday. I saw it happen to a number of football teams. Derrick Henry got injured yesterday. Jameis Winston. Tom Brady throwing terrible throws, which he hasn't thrown all year. I mean... Maybe it's just something about the day. So now, because of that, the Astros, they force a Game 6. It's back at Houston now for Game 6 and a possible Game 7, if necessary. 
Well, what do I think? Will the Braves win game six and close it out? Or will it go do a game seven? I'm predicting craziness. I'm predicting the Astros to win tomorrow night and to force a game seven. Which I believe, because I picked the Braves, the Braves will win game seven. But I've seen Max Fried pitch already this series. Did not look good. Don't like the left-handed matchup against this team. I prefer the Luis Garcia, even though he didn't look good either. I don't think this will be a great pitching matchup. But I think Houston will be able to get some hits over Max Fried. I like the lineup change as well. You moved Bregman down yesterday because he hasn't been hitting well. You move him down to seven. You shuffle the lineup and the offense gets some hits. I think you stick with that. Uh, and you go after Max Fried. You play smarter. Uh, you get some walks. That helps the team out. As well, I really do think the Astros force a Game 7 winner-take-all World Series game on Wednesday. Now moving to college football. This was tough for me. As many of you know who've listened, I'm a big Michigan football fan. Love Michigan sports, Michigan basketball as well. Huge game for me. I predicted Michigan to beat Little Brother. I was talking a lot of trash. And I was looking good, majority of it, especially because Michigan had a 16-point lead. Uh, the offense was clicking. Everything was flowing really, really well. It was. Uh, Michigan looked great, but especially their pass offense. I've never seen Cade play a game like that. I know he came in relief against Rutgers last year, but to me that doesn't mean much. This game meant a lot, and he played poise. I know Michigan State doesn't have a great pass defense, but I like what I saw from Michigan. And I know a lot of people are going to blame James Harbaugh, say he's not the best coach in his state now. I don't believe that. I do think he's a good coach. I don't think he got outcoached. I do think the J.J. McCarthy fumble hurt, which he put him in for that play. But I'm also going to say, what happened to the defense? You were able to stop Kenneth Walker, be a good job in the first half. You were able to stop his team. And in the second half, was a major defensive meltdown where you let them score 23 points in the second half. I mean, what happened, Mike McDonald? I'm going to blame that on you, but I'm also going to blame some of it on the officiating because why not? I'm a Michigan fan. Uh, I was fine with most of the calls, even though everyone went my way. The big one was the scoop and score where it was a sack by Ojabo where it was called a fumble, then recovered by Aiden Hutchinson in the end zone for a touchdown, which would have made it 27-14. to 14. An extra four points, because then they had to kick the field goal, Michigan. At those four points, that's 37-37. Michigan could be driving for the winner overtime. That just changes the perplexity of the game. Uh, it wasn't clear evidence. Even the rules of analyst, Mike Perea, said that. Uh, Joel Klatt and them said that they were confused that they overturned that call. To me, a lot of issues moving on. And it just seems like Michigan every year, when there's a big call, gets screwed. Ohio State five years ago. Now this one, Halloween weekend. I mean, what a terrible, terrible weekend this happened to be. What else happened? I predicted Wisconsin to beat Iowa. And man, did they do that. Iowa looking like a fraudulent team. And what about this? You know, we talk about Jim Harbaugh losing his job, but Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, what happened to him? 
what happened to James Franklin in Penn State, already Steve Sarkeesian in Texas. I mean, let's like, let's fire everybody then. Texas and Baylor. I picked Texas to win. I don't know why I keep going to them, because they can't score in the second half, and they can't stop teams in the second half. Baylor win. Let's fire Steve Sarkeesian. Georgia, Florida. I thought Georgia would blow out Florida. Handled them good. Oklahoma, first convincing win over Texas Tech. I thought that. I thought Ole Miss would be Auburn. Uh, nope, Bo Nix, Auburn, kept hope alive, and they can still win the SEC West if they beat Alabama in the final game. SMU Houston, thought SMU would go undefeated. Prove me wrong, Houston won that game. Penn State, Ohio State, I thought Ohio State would win, and they certainly did that. What's up with James Franklin and this team? That's now three straight losses. North Carolina, Notre Dame, Notre Dame got the win. BYU, Virginia, Virginia got the win. Now with all that, you know, eight people comes out. I'm fine with it. I really don't like Notre Dame ahead of Michigan. Uh, you know, Notre Dame lost their one big game to uh, Cincinnati. I know Michigan lost their big game as well to Michigan State. I don't like Michigan uh, beating lose, or missing out on Notre Dame. I really do think uh, Michigan's a better team. Then Notre Dame, Iowa dropped 10 spots. I'm fine with Penn State dropped two spots. I thought they should drop more for now. Three straight losses. But who cares? Nobody cares about the AP poll anymore. Why? Because tomorrow the college football playoff poll and the committee members select their teams. And that's the only thing teams care about. So if I'm a committee member, these are my top six teams I've seen. I'm going to give you my one first and then the six. One number one team is Georgia. Hands down, their defense has been legit. Their offense, they've blown out every team they face this year except for Clemson at the beginning. It's just been dominant performance after dominant performance. You really can't you know, credit anything on Georgia or bad against them. Two, Oklahoma. They're riding a six-game winning streak, 16-game winning streak. They find ways to win. Uh, they just, you know, really, to me, put up some style points against Texas Tech this weekend. First time they've looked really good and dominant, which is what we see from Oklahoma. But you can't discredit uh, their long winning streak of 16 games and beating, you know, Big 12 teams that are decent and finding ways to win. Number three, Alabama. Alabama, to me, is deserving, even though they have one loss, an anonymously which they've played some bad defense. But other than that, Bryce Young, Heisman contender. This offense is potent. And to me, can match this Georgia defense. Alabama is a great team. Four, Cincinnati. Cincinnati is number two in the AP poll. They'd be number two, but past few weeks have been concerning. Almost lost to Navy. Struggled with Tulane early. Uh, You have to be able to win games uh, convincingly if you're Cincinnati. Five, Michigan State. Michigan State, best win of the season so far against Michigan. Prove it, Michigan State's a good team. I know we want to discredit uh, Michigan and losing and blame it all on them, but Michigan State played a good game. They fought, were resilient, and they won that game. Six, there's some debate here, but I'm going to put Oregon here. You either have Oregon or Ohio State. Guess what? You're looking at Oregon and Ohio State. Oregon played Ohio State earlier in the season. 
has the tiebreak. Could the result be different now? Yes, but you have to respect the tiebreak there. And that's what Oregon has over Ohio State, which is why I put them at six. So those are my playoff teams. The top four being Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama, Cincinnati. My first two out, Michigan State and Oregon. And one final note of news before I leave you all is Adrian Peterson signs with the Tennessee Titans to relieve some of that. I think it's a good trade. They'll need all the help they can get, but I still think they should trade for Marlon Mack or Ronald Jones. Hope everybody has a great rest of your Monday. Who do you think will win tonight's game, Chiefs or Giants? I'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody.